Are you a sex worker looking to build a new website or a website redesign? Then you'll want to consider Fox Digital. They did a fantastic job designing my website, Stripped by Sia. If you want your website done, mention that you're a listener of the show at foxdigital.design for 20% off. Tell them I sent you. Hey everyone, we've got brand spanking new episodes starting next week. So this is the last of my throwback episodes. We're throwing it back to 2019 with Hamid Raid, who's an adult performer here in Vancouver, Canada. And we talk about his, up, uh, his upbringing uh, as an Arabic man and what that's like being a gay man in that uh, culture and the struggles and challenges that come with that. Uh, along with the challenges he has uh, as a male creator in this space. So I hope you all enjoy this episode and stay tuned. Brand new episodes next week. Thanks. Hey guys, welcome back to Strip by Sia, your podcast for strippers, sex workers, naked people, and all the peeps in between. I'm your host, Steph Sia, which I have now started reintroducing because for a while I just go into it and be like, who the fuck is that? <laughs> Who are you? But yes, hello, my name is Steph. We have a great guest on today by the name of Hamid Raid. Say hello. Hello. <laughs> so excited to have you on. Oh my gosh. So funny how we met. Basically, it was my friend's last day of work and <laughs> we were fucking around the work computer <laughs> and he was like, oh, this is really hot like gay porn star or something that you have to check out and then he shows me his instagram and he's like oh yeah yeah very hot indeed yeah and he's like you should have him on your podcast <laughs> i'm like is he based in vancouver and he's like yeah i reached out to him so i did i'm blushing you can't see it but i'm blushing <laughs> <laughs> that's exactly how the story went <laughs> So I reached out and then now like we met up for coffee. He seemed to be a super cool dude. He's both like hipster coffee shops. <laughs> <laughs> Total cafe gay all the way. <laughs> I love it. And the fact that like you're the first gay on the show. Yeah. Yay, which is gonna be awesome. It's so great to have that representation. But I'm babbling too much, so why don't you take the reins? Who are you, Hamid Raid? Define what you do in your own words, in your own terms. Okay. I am an escort slash adult entertainer. Uh, been in the biz for a little over three years now, actually. I can't oh, wow. believe that. <laughs> Time flies. Yeah, it really does. And outside of that, I love to write and uh, I'm actually planning on going back into school in psychology. So Ooh. that's also really exciting. That's kind of my, uh, my real pie-in-the-sky dream that uh, oh. is, is actually going to happen. Very and, cool. Yeah, so, yeah, I feel like that's, that's <laughs> you everything. <and> I, <laughs> that's me in a nutshell. You in a nutshell. <laughs> Amazing. So, okay, so escorting. Yes. So you've been in the biz for about three years now. What the heck? Yes, yeah. I joined the platform Rentmen. Uh, Rent it was, Men. I think it was Rent Boy when I joined. And <laughs> it, it's now Rentmen and it's run out of, out of Europe. Oh. And uh, yeah, so uh, I joined that put up an ad it's a great platform because uh you know they they do all the promotion for you in a sense um uh and got messages almost from day one and it's kind of been a steady stream ever since oh so my gosh really grateful for that yeah yeah and then i think a few months into that i uh got contacted by a porn studio that shoots out of Portland actually oh. and uh, and they said that they'd like to interview me on Skype and see if I have the vibe you know <laughs> what is the vibe <laughs> explain what the vibe is quote unquote can you pose with your ass pouting you know <laughs> You have the the look in your eyes that uh, conveys desire and passion. I don't know. It just it was like <laughs> I feel that's exactly what they asked you. <laughs> no, but they did take a few screenshots of me during the Skype interview, so that was interesting. Um, with my clothes on and with my clothes off, and um, and yeah, and basically after that, I was uh, I went out to Portland, and um, they met me in person, and. We ended up shooting a couple scenes on that trip alone and five more scenes after that on a subsequent trip. So Oh my gosh. Yeah. What? 
Okay, <laughs> this is crazy. So before we get into all the sex work and all the fun and juicy yeah. things, tell me about like where you grew up, where you come from, so, that kind of route. <laughs> <laughs> because I think you are Lebanese, was it? Yes, I'm uh, ethnically Syrian Lebanese, mm. uh, born and raised in Abu Dhabi. Right. Which, you know, if you've watched Sex in the City 2, you know what that is. I think <laughs> every... right. right. they did go to Abu Dhabi. Oh my god. I think it put Abu Dhabi on the map. Um, but yeah, it's a city southwest of Dubai. It was a really sleepy town when I was growing up, when I was really young. It was basically a desert city with a couple supermarkets. Oh, really? Um, and maybe like one mall. And uh, now it's like this it's so different metropolis. Now. Yeah. Totally. Yeah, I grew up there, and it was an interesting upbringing, you know. Uh, interesting how? <laughs> so, Explain. <laughs> <laughs> so it's an Islamic uh, region, right? So there's uh, a lot of emphasis on Islamic morality, and mm. uh, the, the sexes are segregated. Uh, so right. uh, boys and girls aren't allowed to mingle unless they're married and... Or related, oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, but yeah, it's frowned upon uh, to mingle with the opposite sex, and so it was really challenging. Basically, when I came of age, I couldn't talk to the opposite sex without sort of getting the frowns of people and uh, mm. and and being told off and whatnot, and uh, so I was forced to hang out with other guys, and and I was a more effeminate boy growing up and so I didn't really jive well with the guys I, I always wanted to be friends with the girls and yeah. so yeah so that was a little uh challenging yeah that'd be difficult to do though so I guess like in school are the, are the classes se- like segregated that way or like in some schools yes oh, wow. uh, I went really to a school extreme. that was really really small it was a it was a private school that was so tiny that they had to merge uh, <laughs> the guys with the girls. But, you know, even then, uh, the girls kind of stuck to themselves and the guys did their own thing. So it was really, really strange sort of beginning to feel feelings for, for guys, but knowing that those feelings weren't necessarily morally correct. Right. And, uh, yeah. When did you start to develop those feelings? Do you remember, like, at what age approximately? You know, when I was really, really young, I, I always, I think, identified with female characters in cartoons mm-hmm. because they always got the guy, right? Yeah. <laughs> um, and then, I guess, when I started uh, coming of age, when I went through puberty and whatnot, I started to notice, this is, you're going to laugh at this, so I started to notice boys' belly buttons. <laughs> <laughs> what belly buttons? <laughs> so I, I have a theory about this. So okay, um, a lot of boys in the Middle East wear undershirts under their their clothing, like a tank top or something like a tank like top, that. and they yeah. tuck it in. And 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 I think it's because you know when you go out and in, into the heat, you sweat a lot, and then you come inside and everything is air conditioned, and so. The old housewife's tale is that, you know, if you if you wear an undershirt, then you at least protect yourself against catching a cold or whatever. Right, right. They have that in the Philippines, I think, too. Oh, yeah? They wear, like, undershirts as well, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's a thing there. But so, whenever I came in contact with a guy who wasn't wearing an undershirt or his shirt lifted because he was doing a handstand or <laughs> playing sports or whatever, you know, I was mesmerized by the sight of that. Wow. And, uh, and I started chasing some of the boys in my class and like pinning them to walls and lifting their shirts just to get a quick peek. And it was all very perverse in my mind. But now thinking about it, it's so innocent. And... It is very innocent. It's very cute. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so, so that was like my first kind of obsession. And, uh, and one day I remember even uh, telling my dad, you know, don't you think boys' belly buttons or boys' stomachs are cute? And his face kind of went white. Oh, no. <laughs> and that was when I realized, okay, maybe this isn't, like, a good feeling to have, you know? Yeah, like, maybe this isn't a good conversation to have. Like, this isn't a normal thing. Exactly. But the thing right. is that there is no notion of homosexuality in, in the UAE because so much information is censored. Um, mm. Like... Oh, my God. So this is, this is <laughs> going to come across as really, really strange. But, like, so every... Every like movie poster coming out of the West that we we saw in the theaters or wherever, 
they were doctored so that women in skimpy clothing were wearing like long sleeved shirts and like, full on skirts and like it was yeah oh wow so, so like, they like photoshopped it they photoshopped it to make sure that it wasn't too risque we would get books even anatomy books that were kind of blotted out with black marker because everything went through uh, the ministry of like information and culture i think it was called and, okay. and and they would just like make sure that any any kind of skin was like removed any exposed skin and uh, so it was really everything was super censored, censored. yeah yeah, yeah. Oh, that's um, super strange so and then on top of that the telecommunication companies would just censor any website that had any kind of sex um, wow. So pornography was all censored, you know. Right. Anything that spoke out against the government was all censored. Oh, wow. Um, so, like, I had no idea growing up that there was such a thing as being gay. Because um, it didn't exist in that world. It just didn't exist. Right. Um, That's so bizarre. Yeah. Oh wow. Yeah. And uh, the first time I, I realized that <laughs> you can be gay was actually when I switched from the private school I was in to a high school that was an international American school. Okay. And uh, suddenly we were getting everything American, you know, American curriculum. All the boys and girls were able to mingle fine. They did sports together. Wow. And it was such a huge culture shock. I was going to say, like, like, that must have shocked your system to be like, this is frowned upon, this is not allowed. And for all of a sudden to be like, Okay, you guys play together. Like, here you go. It felt like I stepped into the twilight zone the first time (laughs) I I walked through the... I I remember we were doing an orientation and I saw girls and guys just like goofing off together. And I I thought to myself, are we still in Abu Dhabi? You know, like it it just didn't feel like the same place anymore. So the funny thing that happened was in grade 10 for my global studies class, I get assigned this project. And I'm the only one who's assigned a project in gay rights. Uh-huh. And how those developed in the states, and the Stonewall riots and yes. all of that. Iconic. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I minored in gender studies, so yeah. Oh, about, yeah. oh, perfect. <laughs> so yeah, it's right up your alley. Yes. Um, <laughs> so yeah, so I was assigned this project that no one else was for some reason, and uh, I went online to Google, you know, gay rights, and what that is. <laughs> and you had no idea. I had no idea. Oh my god. I, I was literally, I oh picked god. something out of a hat. Oh my god. And it turned out to be gay rights. And <laughs> meant to be. Meant to be. Fate? Really or was it rigged? <laughs> <laughs> something, yeah, I don't know. But God really wanted me to be gay, I think. Um, so I went online, and uh, the funny thing about the internet is that the only way you can get any gay content images and whatnot is by typing something into Google Images. All the thumbnails appear as they would here, but you clicked on the link or the image and it redirected you to this blocked site Mm. in the Middle East. I didn't know, of course, to search for gay blah blah blah, right? Yeah. But I did into Google Images just to find some pictures for my poster. Oh my god! And the first thing that comes up are these really funny and beautiful like gay manga oh pornography okay images. and and oh my god I mean, they're just like, like hentai yeah just like monsters going at it those monsters robots and all that shit i've seen <laughs> just ripping through their clothing you know and i was stunned but i was like also just like mesmerized, mm-hmm. you know, and I knew that I had hit upon something that would be my life. <laughs> <laughs> I remember I was so shocked and like to me, you know, it didn't seem wrong necessarily because my project was about this in my mind, you know. I even called my brother into the office where my where the family computer was. My, it was in my dad's office. Yeah. I called oh him my in. God. My dad wasn't there, thank God. Oh my God. <laughs> I'm freaking out right now. <laughs> I called him in and he's four years younger. And I, I'm like, look at this. Isn't this amazing? And he's like, ew. And he just runs out. 
clue number two that what I'm into is not okay. So, um, so yeah, and uh, and starting from that moment, I I just became mesmerized by porn. I started trying to find any links that would go back to a site that somehow had managed to slip through the cracks. Were you successful? I was. You were. I was. There were. There were. Yeah. There was the odd couple of sites that you know they had like little teasers of of pornography and. I would replay those like fifteen second tw- uh, teasers like again and again like and again, just like on a loop. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so at that point, did you realize like, did you know what you were feeling at that moment, or just like, or you were just still confused? I I knew that I should be looking at the women in porn, mm. but I was looking at the men, and I knew that eventually, you know, I would have to come to terms with. Either this was who I was, or I had to find a way to change it. Uh, so right. at that point in time, this is around when you were a teenager. Yeah, so I'm I'm talking about like 15, 16. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm at this point. I'm starting to think to myself, you know, maybe because I've been stuck mingling with just the guys, mm-hmm. I developed along the way feelings for men instead of women. Right. And that's like a, a pretty reasonable theory. Right. And I thought that eventually when I got the chance to hang out with more chicks, <laughs> I developed feelings for them. You know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Didn't quite happen. Fair enough. <laughs> I love the chicks, thinking. but not in not the same like way. That. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's so crazy. So when did you come out then? Did you come out? I, I did come out, and that was also not a given for a really long time. But at the age of 21, I... Oh, wow. Yeah, I... So, so oh I made this gosh. pact with myself that I would not engage in any sort of relations with another man, be it sexual, romantic, whatever, until I could come out to my family because I didn't want to drag anyone else back into the closet with me. Right. So... At 21, I was getting really fucking horny. (laughs) (laughs) And I was like, okay, this has to happen sometime soon. Um, Fair enough. And uh, with my family, it's a little complicated because they're kind of liberal, but also kind of not. My mom uh, was a devout Muslim for a really long time. She prayed five times a day. Oh, wow. um, until we moved to Canada, and then that started, oh. started to fall by the wayside. <laughs> and then no longer. <laughs> bad Muslim, bad Muslim. Um, but she was also a nurse, so like the body didn't really scare her. Like she, she, she actually put a whole bunch of uh, anatomy books in our bookcase when we were young, so that we could reach up and 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 pick them oh. out and, and look at look through them. Yeah. Interesting. So she, she definitely wasn't scared about talking about sex. My dad, on the other hand, yeah. Syrian man, really traditional, but also an atheist. Oh. So. Oh wow. Okay. So I really didn't know which way they were going to lean, and uh, when I was in my teens, the family would gather around to watch soaps, and every so often a gay storyline would would come up, and and both my mom and dad would get livid at the television whenever a gay person came on and and I thought to myself fuck I'm screwed oh my so gosh. I really didn't know how they were going to take it but at the same time you know growing up I was I wasn't discouraged from playing with dolls I, I used to pretend to be the Disney princesses, you know, and I, I would wear like pants over my head and pretend it was my long flowing hair. I and, love that. <laughs> That's so cute. And they encouraged that. So, yeah. you know, I was I was like 50-50. It could go either way. They might like disown me completely. Totally. Or I can be myself and everything will go hunky dory, you know, who knows? No pressure. Exactly. So I think this one trip, so we were in Vancouver at this point. Um, my mom, my brother, and I went on a trip to Montreal. Um, Ooh, love for the Montreal. Summer. I know, I know. <laughs> so great. And uh, we spent all day together. Uh, we somehow managed to, to, to make our way to a seance of some kind. Um, okay. Where this medium was talking to a whole group of people and kind of like standing by certain members of the audience and channeling messages for them. I don't know. I, I still to this day don't remember how we happened upon this. Okay. But we, we were in the audience. This guy, this medium, he, he approaches my row. Oh my gosh. And he says, 
someone in this row is scared to be who they really are. And oh my god! <laughs> and I want you to know that if you own who you are, you will be fine. You will be accepted. <laughs> oh my gosh, that is so wild! Oh my god! And obviously, because wow. we're so narcissistic, we think it's all about oh, us. Oh, totally. Right? <laughs> Everyone in the room is like, it's me. <laughs> but later that night, my mom, my brother, and I were seated in a circle just talking about life and getting really deep and emotional and um, for some reason it occurred to me this was the moment and the words were like bubbling up so I just I came out with it and I said you know mom I have not been myself this whole time and she was like yeah I know and I said no you don't know who I really am I've been keeping that a secret and she said yeah I know. And I'm like, no, no, you don't get it. <laughs> you don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I think I'm into guys. And she said, yeah, I know. <laughs> I like, Moms oh. always know. They always do, I think, yeah. And, oh, wow. And, and she was like, and it's okay. And wow. my brother's jaw dropped. <laughs> <laughs> and he said, my life has changed forever. And I'm like, bitch, your life? <laughs> But yeah, I kind of, like, that's all that was said that night. I went to sleep. Wow. Well, I tried to go to sleep, but I, <laughs> I, like, I was, you know, wide-eyed all night. And the next morning, like, no one was talking about it. I kind of felt like I'd imagined the whole thing. But then my mom sat me down uh, at lunch, and, and we were out at this mall, and uh, she pointed out a couple of guys that were passing by, and she said, well, is this guy your type? Oh, and I was so like, cute what like am i having this conversation with my mom right now <laughs> i couldn't believe it wow so, so she was she was amazing super supportive that's awesome super super supportive and then three years later she ended up coming out to me what <laughs> what dude i was not expecting this part oh my gosh what yeah so oh my god yeah so she she had had her own experiences with well an experience with a woman and oh my gosh and it was a deep deep relationship that she had with this person and and it wasn't you know until i came out to her that she even considered maybe that one day to she could tell that. me yeah, yeah so, so that's so powerful i was really proud of her in that yeah. moment when she Amazing. when she told me about it she prefaced it by saying i'm a really bad person just so oh, you know and, wow. and I, when she told me i was like oh my god i just love you so much more now right so that's incredible yeah so nice for, for you to share that bond that you know you might not have ever had oh yeah definitely right? and ever since i came out to the people in my life like authenticity is so so important because i, I just i can see that relationships run so much deeper when you are showing up fully as yourself. For so sure. not that it's a solution for everyone, but mm. I definitely am happy that I felt I could come out to my family and, and yeah. they responded the way that they did. My dad was... I was going to ask your dad. <laughs> your dad he seems like really like super traditional, conservative, yeah. like stern. Yeah. Like his face went white and he made that comment and I was like, I'm scared. <laughs> so... Uh, I didn't pull up the nerve to come out to my dad until I did like a life enhancement seminar. I don't know if you're familiar with Landmark. Oh, Landmark yes. Landmark Forum. Yes, I am familiar with Landmark. Yeah, so uh, I think that uh, the enthusiasm of that group kind of like pushed me to do it. And I'm so grateful for that. I have my bones to pick with <laughs> the Landmark Forum, but they, oh, yes. they at least managed to do that. And uh, when, I, when I came out to my dad, I called him actually from the hallway outside the seminar hall. Oh my gosh. Um, and he immediately said, get out of that place right now. Oh, <laughs> you know? no. oh my <laughs> And I said, Dad, it's not about where I am. Yeah, no, no, <laughs> I've no. I've been dealing with this for a while yeah. and, and I need you to, to listen to me. And But later that night, I sat across from him and I, I explained it to him and he went all teary-eyed for a moment and then he turned to me and he said, I love you. And... That meant the world to me. This makes me so happy to hear this. <laughs> Seriously. Things got a little more complicated afterwards. Mm. Like he, <laughs> he he asked me to promise him to, 
you know, find a woman and marry her and all of this stuff. So I had to kind of like go back into the closet briefly yeah. before finally telling him, look, I can't really make that promise yeah. to you. And we, we didn't talk for a bit, but he's finally come to terms with all of it. I tell him about, about my relationships now. and uh, That's good. It's progress. Asked, yeah, he yeah. asked me about about the people that I'm with, so... And it's nice that he's asking you, because he wants... It sounds like he wants to be involved, you know? More so. Somewhat. In yeah. In his own kind of way. Yeah, my, my you know, dad... Yeah. <laughs> you know parents. Yeah, my dad <laughs> likes to live in constant denial, for the most part, <laughs> but he does every once in a while, you know, check in and, and make that effort, so... You know, so I'm, that's I'm grateful for that, yeah. Oh my gosh, that's crazy. And, and it's, it's really important, too, when you're coming out, because we had another coming out story, too, with Debbie Mundane's episode when she came out as trans, and it, you kind of had to be picky-cheesy sometimes, in your, depending on your situation. Yeah. Like, it's nice to just try to be open and own who you are, but sometimes in those circles, like, in her situation like she was writing for I think Vice or something and like she was documenting her whole like transition period and not everyone wants to hear that unfortunately and it's it can be really scary too like it's so I think you made like a really great way of going about it yeah in my situation you know my family was here my my parents had moved to Canada with me and Mm -hmm. so uh, I felt like I could come out to them and and if they want to go and seek resources and and find out more about my sexuality then they could do so they could talk to people a lot of people their family is back home right they're quite isolated they wouldn't know where to turn they wouldn't have you know people to talk to about this yeah um, this sort of stuff so they'd be really left on their own with this knowledge right and you were isolated in that situation right yeah, so, so i guess like in your in your situation is definitely a lot better than certain cases unfortunately yeah yeah right? unfortunately so, yeah yeah you're super lucky i'm so happy to hear that it makes me yeah. so happy <laughs> <laughs> it made me really happy I, I can't tell you i mean you know it's a game changer when you come out when you own who you are I mean, my life just catapulted forward after That's that. Good. Yeah. 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 you could finally be your authentic self and you don't have to hide anymore. Yeah. And stuff and yeah. I started getting into relationships, making all the dumb right. mistakes that you're supposed to <laughs> Tell me about your relationships. How's that? Like, uh, <laughs> questionable. So, yeah. So um, I got married really young oh my um, gosh yeah I got married at 22 oh my gosh one year after coming out baby life yeah oh yeah. wow and I think part of that was me rebelling against you know my origins and like culture the culture like, yeah religion. because you know you can't marry a member of the same sex back home so yeah. for me I think I I was more in love with the idea of being married to another man than I was necessarily in love with the man I was married. Oh my god! Oh, wow. <laughs> At the time, frankly, I, I also um, I did a, a little bit of dating, and then I met this man who was a Vancouverite, a white man, and he to me I felt like I couldn't really, I didn't deserve to be with a white man because back in the Middle East, you know, white culture is really glorified, you know. Right, it, it's it, like up on a pedestal. It really almost. is, it really is. So, you know, when I met this guy, to me, you know, I should worship the ground he walks on, you know. And oh, wow. and the fact that he chose me felt really, really important. And so I kind of overlooked some things and dove in when maybe I should have just, like, waited things out. And Yeah, because it can't be healthy. Though, yeah, too, right? yeah. So I was definitely... Marrying an illusion more than, you know, who this person really was. Right. He served me in a lot of ways, but uh, also really, really set me back in a lot of ways. And so... Set you back how? Uh, he really chipped at my self-concept. So, okay, he, he isolated me from my family, my oh, friends. No. He, he wanted me to make sure that I was... That he was my only lifeline. Ah, so super mentally abusive. Yeah, yeah. He also, I ended up working with him, for him, at his company. Oh, um, oh my gosh. And he he managed to convince me that I was virtually unemployable without him. So a lot of like, you know, emotional... We share a very similar story. (laughs) I will tell you off the air. (laughs) Whoa. 
Oh yeah, God. so that's it, so crazy. And oh when you're God. in it, you don't really see it. It's only when you leave that you realize, oh my God, uh, brainwashed. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, totally. What I what I could tell was that I felt suffocated. He was fiercely monogamous as well, really, really jealous, and so mm. he barely let me leave the house without like guilt tripping you. The guilt tripping and making and, you feel bad. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, so Are you the same person, like <laughs> <laughs> maybe, maybe we'll exchange notes later. Yeah, <laughs> seriously, gosh, so, that's yeah. awful. Yeah, that's, that's truly awful. What was the outcome of that? Are you guys still together? Or? No, we divorced. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, yeah, four years, for four years into that relationship, I I realized that uh, he wasn't going to change, and and that really I shouldn't want my partner to change you know I should love him exactly as he is and right. if exactly who he is isn't doing it for me then <laughs> I need to move on and yeah uh, absolutely and so yeah I got the heck out of touch <laughs> did he know about your your sex like work I, I wasn't in sex work at the time yeah okay okay there yeah no uh all I did was work for him in a right. in a hospitality actually it was a customer service training uh company mm. mostly geared towards hospitality and okay uh, so what I'm doing now is almost the antithesis of, <laughs> of that. Yes. Customer service is always important, of course. Oh, absolutely. But, uh, yeah. I don't know uh, all the propriety around hospitality. <laughs> that's kind of gone out the window. <laughs> so. so after that, so, okay. So how did you get into sex work? Was that like a conscious decision that you wanted to make? Or was that something you always wanted to do? Or I'll tell you this. Definitely when I was that little kid in my dad's office coming upon all the, these pornos of these yeah, hot these little clips and stuff these hot porn stars <laughs> I thought to myself wow these people are like pioneers they're like starting the sexual revolution because where I was that just did not happen yeah you know? it did not exist no no so to me they were like brave avant-garde just you know breaking every barrier and I wanted to be somehow involved in that. Yeah, I didn't know how at that point it. in time. Okay. I definitely started developing exhibitionistic tendencies. Uh, <laughs> we all. <laughs> you kind of have to in the sign of work. Yeah. But, <laughs> but uh, definitely. <laughs> oh, yeah. Total attention hog. Um, <laughs> it helps. <laughs> for sure, yeah. Uh, <laughs> Both my biggest strength and my Achilles heel, yeah. Right. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, so like even, you know, in coming out and, uh, oh, when I first moved to Vancouver, all the porn that was suddenly available to me, oh my God, I'm pretty sure I locked myself away in my bedroom for like 10 hours straight, just going through it all. I was mesmerized. Gotta catch up. (laughs) Exactly, make up for lost time, right? But yeah, so even then I, I started going on to Xtube and Pornhub and things like that and, and thinking to myself, well, I could start my own account maybe someday. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I uploaded a few videos here and there, but didn't make anything serious of it. Mm-hmm. Um, when I left my ex, I wanted to go into something completely different. Mm-hmm. I, I thought to myself, what would be the job that if I took it when I was with him, he would just be aghast. and this was it (laughs) so I applied actually to this uh, organization called the Cuddlery which oh is that the cuddle it's a it's it's like a cuddle service yeah it's a cuddle service exactly big a few years ago yeah yeah Yeah. it has chapters I think out of Edmonton yeah Toronto and and one here (laughs) the Cuddlery yeah yeah Um, and I liked it because uh, you know it promised a sense of connection and intimacy to people without the sexual without the sexual nature. component which I wasn't sure I was ready to dip my toes into just yet mm-hmm. but when I uh, when I applied and uh, I was going through the training they didn't frown upon us hinting maybe at at the fact that we could take things in a sexual direction oh. always towards the end of a session um, oh, just to procure repeat uh, customers. customers, yeah. Interesting. And um, and yet we weren't allowed to to take things in that direction mm. while still retaining the customers for the cuddlery. So right. So I uh, I decided you know if things are moving that way anyway, it would seem strange to prematurely cut things off, and maybe I should just you know go for it. 
In the meantime, I met someone new, and this person is really, really pro-sex. And, uh, <laughs> and uh, he was, uh, you know, he was intrigued by this possibility of me getting into, uh, into escorting. And he said, you know, I, I don't know how I feel about, like, sex being monetized necessarily. Mm. But I reassured him that, you know, it's not, it's not typical sex. It's like, it's sex that is catering towards the other person you know like it's Mm -hmm. we're definitely channeling some kind of positive vibes towards our clients and it's not necessarily a two-way thing you know we're in sex hopefully we're both getting something out of it (laughs) you know and so transactional yeah so in that sense it's it's kind of therapeutic for for the client and um and there's lots of us that you know can't get sex the the regular avenues and um and I mean, so many people these days are so frustrated by the apps. Oh, and God. <laughs> some of them Viral. are... Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I'm meeting a lot of people who, you know, perfectly eligible bachelors, but they just don't want to go through the hassle of, you know, signing up for another app. And, There's trash out there, that's why. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Trash. And getting rejected left and right, it's, mm-hmm. it's, it's terrible. Or ghosted. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Ghosted, for sure. Yeah. So, I mean... This is the longest standing profession, you know, yeah, and sure and I think <laughs> I think there's a reason for that, and uh, and now more than ever, being connected is is so difficult, and so yeah, uh, I told him that you know, I feel like I want to access people who normally would not be able to get intimacy mm-hmm. and fill them up, you know, with positive vibes, provide that listening ear for them if if they need it, and. Uh, be a support in that sense. Yeah. So he was on board. I Yay. set up a profile on Rentman and off it went. So now we're back here again. So oh my here. gosh. Yeah. Damn. Yeah. So that's quite a story. And then you've been doing that ever since. I've been doing that ever since. Along with some porn as well. Along with some porn, yeah. Uh, more recently, I've gone into the fan pages. So I, mm-hmm. I started uh, my uh, my own OnlyFans account. Yay! Uh, as we'll well plug that later. <laughs> <laughs> also just for fans. Yes. Uh, so, uh, so on those two for now. And, and I'm really liking it because I feel like those platforms really democratize porn. And, mm-hmm. uh, and you know, people of all body types and... And genders and sexualities and abilities, you know, they put their stuff up, they express their sexuality, and people will will gravitate towards that, yeah. you know, and, and uh, I think that's awesome. I think it's great, too, because, like, you have the agency to do whatever you want, publish whatever content you want to put on there, right? Exactly. No matter who you are, what your background is, and stuff too. So and background does get in the way sometimes. You know? Tell me about that. <laughs> you know, I think that I think that as a Middle Eastern man, there are certain preconceived notions that people can have about me. Um, like what? So I think that the preconception is that as an Arab man, I'm going to be more of your beastly, brutish <laughs> top. Kind of a guy and uh, very stereotypical, very very machoistic. Because we are hairier, we're darker. They assume that you know, beastly, <laughs> <Right. laughs> savage, you know. barbaric. Like, exactly. Yeah, those. Exactly. Okay, totally get it. And um, I'm mostly a bottom, so that, <laughs> I don't really fit into that category as as well as you know as most studios would would want me to. So. Mm-hmm. For the studio that I have worked for so far, they definitely wanted to cast me in in more of a top role, and oh. uh, and so yeah, that, that's it's a challenging. It, sometimes it is, you know, because you have to really be into it and uh, and forget your your on camera and <laughs> yeah. and perform right. So yeah, so that's that's one aspect that. Kind of caps up my ass sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> does it ever like work in your favor though? I think it does only in the sense that I am already eroticized mm-hmm. uh, as an Arab man, and so they assume I'm going to be this randy, horny, you know, guy, <laughs> which I am. You know, don't get me wrong. <laughs> <laughs> so. Um, and definitely there are niches that I fit within, you know, the whole bear 
I guess burly you know, <laughs> kind of persona that that is you know I fit that so mm-hmm. I'm lucky in that way but right. yeah it's um, it's more when I want to express my feminine side that I feel like and maybe this is all internal too because mm-hmm. I certainly I'm sure have some internalized shame about being effeminate or, or whatnot so but I, I do sense that being sensitive or soft or gentle isn't as welcomed mm. from a from an Arab man it's not expected right. so but yeah the non-typical features yeah right that's what well, according to them I mean yeah. I, I... according to their societal <laughs> norms yeah. yes. yes I mean from what I can tell Arab men are can be the most gushy and, oh. and the sweetest and the most sensitive but yeah can you speak a little bit about that like in terms of like how queer men in the middle east would perceive you so i think that <laughs> i'm very polarizing for for a lot of gay men in the middle east uh, mm-hmm. there are some people that you know like they put me up on this pedestal because i'm like in porn and and it is hard to find arab men in porn very difficult so super niche <laughs> Super niche. <laughs> and that works in my favor. I was going to say, bank on that, honey. Yeah, yeah exactly. Um, and so they, you know, I'm a porn star, you know, this like larger than life figure to them mm-hmm. for some. And then for other people, I think that I may be shunned because, you know, people in the sex industry, maybe they're more promiscuous, maybe they're dirtier, quote unquote. Right. So like, you know. But it always comes with that stigma and that Yeah, shame, yeah. Right? All that, all that buried down shame yeah yeah um in terms of like the stigma and the shame like do you have any cultural baggage that you carry with you as well (laughs) i work really hard to eliminate most cultural baggage but uh from time to time it does come up definitely uh i sometimes come up against bottom shame oh okay yeah where i've only (laughs) up until recently i i couldn't fully say that i'm a bottom Mm-hmm. Like, I, I always had to be verse, or before that it was top verse, you know. But now I'm I'm more fully claiming that I am a bottom. Good. And it really helps to just, like, put that out there. And then you, you just get more of what you want. And, yeah. And the kinds of experiences that really get your juices going, right? So, totally. Uh, even in my line of work, you know, uh, now I, I put on my profile that I am a bottom. So... Uh, and a lot of my the, my self shot porn is of me bottomings these mm-hmm. days. So, and I'm also trying really hard to like include a lot more passion, a lot of kissing because those sorts of things aren't really associated with the with the Arab man. Right. You know, it's usually more like rough, aggressive. aggressive. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Totally. You know the the whole rapist fantasy. Yeah. So that's a thing. Yeah. That a thing in gay culture too. Yeah. <laughs> okay. It's absolutely a thing in gay culture. <laughs> But yeah, so I do. I do feel sometimes like I can't be more more feminine. Mm-hmm. Uh, recently, I did um, this like dance class that was it was like a secret dance uh, workshop uh, where we were guided to just move our bodies to the beats that they were playing and just kind of be intuitive about it. And and I wanted to shake my hips and <laughs> and get down and grungy and. But I, I felt myself sort of like hold myself in. And, mm. and and so definitely there are certain moves I consider to be feminine that I should not be going anywhere near, you know. And, and mm. so like I'm constantly battling that. I was told growing up that I should act like a man, you know. Right. And so Whatever that means. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so yeah, I, 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 fight, I fight that all the time. Yeah, so that's still a thing that's ongoing then. Very much so. I mean, I'm aware of it, and that's the first step. And I try to push my own boundaries as much as possible. But yeah, every so often it does crop up. Right. I remember when you met up for coffee, and you're like, "Oh, like, is there any places for like, you know?" I think you mentioned something about male go-go dancing and yeah. stuff. And you may maybe wanting to experiment with that, or just down the line. I, I mean, yeah. I'd love to work a pole sometime. You know? Yeah. And, and then, but but yeah, there is. A bit of a wall that comes up for me when I think about that right. and, and what I can do around, you know, that kind of dancing, how totally. to still keep it masculine somehow. Mm-hmm. You know? Is it important for you to keep it masculine? I think that 
what was really interesting about the sacred dance workshop is the instructor had us watch ourselves in the mirror as we danced mm-hmm. and I think I still have a hard time watching myself. I was going to ask, is it very difficult for you to watch yourself? Because people are very uncomfortable with that. Yeah. Watching myself, especially if I'm doing something that is a bit more effeminate, Mm -hmm. really makes my skin crawl still. And and that's just my own self-hate. Yeah. (laughs) No, seriously. Like, it it definitely comes from within. Like, At Tantra, we, we teach, ex- like, uh, introduction to, like, exotic movement and for you to get in touch with, like, your own sensuality and stuff. But all that confidence comes from, like, inside. I know it sounds super cliche. No. But it, it all starts in there, though. It right? d- yeah. So. Everything starts within there. The shame, everything. Yeah. Stigma, you know, the uncomfortableness with it. But then yeah. once you just tap into it, it's just it's just so powerful. Yeah. Come take my class. <laughs> <laughs> I think I have to. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, another thing that I wanted to bring up you were talking about like volunteer work as a sex worker yes. in our initial conversations do you want to speak a bit about that currently I, I started up with uh, the health initiative for men and uh, they placed me in this program called the corner okay that acts as a drop-in center for street involved sex workers mm-hmm. and uh, we provide services and food and, and referrals to people who are coming off the streets and need a place to sort of like hang their coats and decompress and yeah. and connect with other people and so yeah I uh, I, I go once a week that's and, amazing and put in uh, some time with with those folks and I'm really really enjoying it it's, that's awesome it's really fulfilling yeah we could definitely play that later too I'm sure that's super <laughs> awesome how did you get involved with that though we just I, I went online and I was just eager to find some way to give back and I found this and it just seemed so perfect mm-hmm. um, also a big draw was that I could just submit a resume that had my background in escorting and, and sex work you know I could put that right on there and judgment free and- judgment free and it would work actually in my favor to come with that experience so right that, that never like, happens no like where would you ever when would that ever be accepted I know right and to meet other people that I work with there who are so sex positive mm-hmm. and so sex work positive too like that's that's been really amazing totally yeah. that's super fascinating it's, I mean you don't find a group of people like that very often no it's a very small circle yeah. <laughs> especially Vancouver too, so. <laughs> I know, I know. <laughs> um I guess with that why don't we go into some Q&A sure a few questions here so uh are you fearful that some bad people may try to hurt you due to ideological differences has it ever been a threat to you there hasn't ever been a threat okay knock um, on wood yeah exactly <laughs> I, <have> wood. <laughs> I don't want you to get hurt um no uh you know there are some people that will mouth off every once in a while and say that's so disgusting and whatnot <laughs> but i figure you know if you're watching my stuff then <laughs> You already have your foot in the door. Exactly. It's like, what are you even doing? Um, I'm not really concerned about death threats or anything like that. I mean, I'm very idealistic and optimistic, and I tend to believe that if we show up as ourselves, we inspire others to also come out of their shells and show up as, as themselves as well. So For sure. You know, I'm hoping that... I'm putting out positive vibes and, and those positive vibes come back to me. Yeah, you'll be receiving that. Yeah, so yeah. I think so. <laughs> I think so too. It, yeah, it definitely works with our like meeting, I think, too. Cause yeah. <laughs> yeah, because exactly. I just feel like when I met you, I was like, this guy is so great. We get along <laughs> so well. Likewise. Likewise. <laughs> I'm like, you. I have to know you more. <laughs> <laughs> right. Good energy exchange, right? I and mean, that's super important, putting that out there in the universe. Yeah. So totally. Here's another one. So, do you have to be fit to cam slash escort as a male? Absolutely not. Right? Because, I mean, everyone has a different fetish, has a different turn-on. So, I say embrace who you are, fully embody who you are, and there will be a huge following for you. Absolutely. Right, yeah. And this is coming from a male as well, so... That's really interesting to hear. And also, yeah, I completely agree with you on that one. I mean, like, even the clients that I meet, a lot of people ask me, you know, uh, how is it that you can show up and and seem turned on and uh, go through with an escorting appointment when you're not really feeling the guy that you're playing with? Mm, And to me, there's always something sexy about you if you 
are present and you're owning what turns you on, it's very easy to focus in on at least one thing that's really hot. And, totally. And, and that goes a long way in yeah. turning a so-so session into a scorching hot session. So Totally. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. Like, even for me, like, as a dancer, like, when I'm doing dances or VIPs or, like, you know, dealing with my fetish clients, it's just, like, I just get off so much that they're enjoying it that it, like, turns me on. Absolutely. Right? There's nothing worse than someone who wants to be there but also is scared to reveal who they really are. Totally. That's the hardest client for me, actually, (laughs) is someone who's kind of muted and closed off and has a wall up because they're afraid that they'll you know, show some side of themselves that will compromise their yeah. impression, you know, the it's, impression they're trying to make. It's like a make. poker face. Yeah. Like, are you doing okay? <laughs> are you here? Hello. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. So, like, my advice to, to this person would be, you know, just show up as yourself, do what turns you on, and people will get turned on by that. Right. So... Good answer. (laughs) Um, How did you get through the cultural programming and deciding to pursue sex work? So we touched a little bit about this, but if you want to go further into detail. It's a loaded, double-ended question. Can you you repeat that? Yeah, it's a two-part, basically. So how did you get through the cultural programming, that's one, and deciding to pursue sex work? I think a big (laughs) part of it was having to shed the the religion I grew up with. Uh, I, I definitely... Even when I was a really, a really young kid, mm-hmm. I could tell that some things in Islam just didn't make sense to me. There was a lot of incoherence and a lot of inconsistencies like in, what? in what we were being taught. Is it more just hypocritical things? Uh, or? Uh, not just hypocrisy, but also... And this may totally be the way that it was being taught. Uh, mm-hmm. Because I do think if you go back to scripture... More times than not, you know, there is some wisdom to be gleaned mm-hmm, from, totally. from the religious books. But the way that we were taught things, it was so restrictive. And for instance, we were told that, you know, if you prayed every day, five times a day, then it didn't matter what wrongdoing you committed, all your sins would be absolved and you would go to heaven. Oh, wow. And yet we were told this other anecdote about this random woman who prayed five times a day every day but then kicked her cat once before she died and then ended up going to hell and so things like that were always coming up and I had question marks around them and my teachers couldn't answer answer them them. Mm -hmm. they always just said oh you know the will of God is (laughs) this is just the way it's supposed to be yeah yeah, God's will (laughs) only God knows best you know was, uh, was the thing that was touted again and again so I had questions from the beginning, but um, definitely when I started to figure out who I was and going back to the Quran to, to see how, you know, gays were were received. Yeah. Uh, there was a lot of hate, a lot of fear. And to me, it just didn't make sense that, you know, God would make me this way to test me to see if I could break this disease quote unquote that that I had been given you know Mm -hmm. and if God is omniscient then he already knows how things are going to end up you know so there were just a a whole lot of uh, rational incoherences that I couldn't wrap my head around luckily my aunt was (laughs) coming into new age spirituality okay so she started doing tarot cards oh, wow. and, and uh, angel cards. I don't know if you've no, heard of... I don't of, know what that is. What's that? It's, it's the same thing as a tarot reading, except okay. that uh, it's channeling directly from the angels. And the messages tend to be more more positive, less specific. You know, it's not like you're beware uh, an accident that might befall you in the next few days. It's more like, you know, (laughs) you are looked after and and things are going to be fine. Turn towards your inner wisdom. You know, that sort of thing. It's it's more showing you how to cope with life and how to go within for your answers. So I really like that. That's an interesting perspective. Yeah, instead of just living in fear. Exactly. Like how we are now. (laughs) The whole coronavirus thing. Oh my God. Right yeah. now. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And it's the only thing I, I have to say, spirituality is the only thing that in times like these keeps me afloat, keeps me positive, And yeah, for totally. sure. 
But yeah, so from those days, I started doing a bit more reading into uh, spirituality, science of mind is a, is a kind of way of thinking, which sounds like Scientology, but it's not Scientology. <laughs> Big difference, guys. <laughs> but yeah, so did a whole bunch of courses and seminars, and I've done a whole bunch of research. And uh, I finally found a body of thought that jived with how I felt, that seemed non-judgmental, and I embraced it the way that it was embracing me. And basically, that's how I started to come to terms with who I was and shed the baggage from wow from my upbringing yeah that's incredible such a journey huge journey and it never stops (laughs) yet right (laughs) um i guess the last question here is i'm not sure if it's possible but would you be successful in the middle east doing what you do or is that too risky or as you said like does that still not exist, like porn and all that stuff, and that still censored and all that? Funny enough, if you travel on Rentmen mm-hmm. and, and you see what escorts are available in the Middle East, Dubai is listed as a hub for a lot of escorts. Oh. Now, to what extent... Another that, for females, but I'm not sure about for males. Yeah, yeah. No, males are definitely, you know, they're they're making a killing there, I think. But, but I think... It, it, the question about safety is another is another aspect that I'm not mm. too sure of. I uh, I'm hoping to visit Dubai end of this year for Expo 2020. Ooh, it was Expo 2020. Uh, it's they're building a whole new campus and, oh. and uh, yeah, there's all these workshops around innovation and future cool. technology and and when when they build in Dubai, they build big. But oh, yeah. you know, with with the current worldwide crisis i don't know what's going to happen but but uh definitely could be a good time to go and uh you know see what wild oats i can (laughs) (laughs) Um, never know man the thing about that would be i think that uh you have to be i imagine well connected Mm -hmm. there you know it's still taboo it's still taboo you know I, i wouldn't go down without having a bunch of connections that I've made ahead of time yeah. that can show me around because any sort of gay culture is definitely still underground. You know, right. you have to know the right people who can take you to the right venues. And even then, you know, if you do get hired, I would say, you know, definitely make sure to indicate that you are connected in the city that if you go missing, <laughs> yeah. oh people my will notice. Oh my yeah, because, you know, any place where shame is still rampant, people you know take out their aggression they do because that aggression is actually they want to direct to themselves yes, but it's yeah but it's it's just being projected outward and so oh my gosh please be careful when you go yeah, yeah. please please be careful oh, I, I intend to be <laughs> i've heard some horror stories about dubai in terms of sugar babies and escorts there too about how the sheikhs treat women there there's a lot of feces involved that's what i've heard (laughs) so um from what all the stories that i've heard okay well like to shit on like literally shit on women and stuff too and i'm not sure if that's just a thing or that's just the many stories that i've heard from there I you don't know, know. Just another way to degrade women. Right? Just another <laughs> way. Great. As if we needed more reasons. <laughs> exactly. That is interesting. Yeah. I'm going to have to tap you for more info on that after. Because, Back when yeah. I was really deep in the sugar bowl. But anyways, <laughs> another story for another time. I have many stories about that. <laughs> but on that... Uh, <laughs> Let's end on feces, by the way. Ending on on that note, where can we find you? So um, you can go to hamadraid.com. That's H-A-M-E-D-R-A-I-D-D.com. And uh, from there, you'll be redirected to my Instagram, to my Twitter, to my OnlyFans, just for fans, and to my Rentman account. Everything. So, everything. Oh, my That's God. All in, all in one place. Yay. I like that. I like that. Yeah. <laughs> That's super cool. And um, we'll plug all the links. I'll go on the website and plug all the links. Thank you. And the link down below. And, um, yeah, any, any last words? <laughs> so much yeah. fun having you on. You know, um, if I had to say anything, it would be, you know, don't be ashamed of who you are. Who you are is beautiful. 
go out there, express it however you can in a safe manner. Yes, safety's key. Yeah, and uh, and your life will become magical as a result of that. So. Yay! Yeah. <laughs> Yay! Well, you are a magical human being, Thank so you. I'm so glad we have met. Takes one to know one. <laughs> oh, well, you know. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to end on that note, guys. Thanks for listening to Strip by Sia. It's Strip by Sia on Instagram. Don't forget to like, rate, review, and subscribe. And if you have any hate mail, if you want to get at me, whatever you want to do, my personal is Sia Steph. And we'll catch you guys in for another episode next Sunday. Bye.